Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. We hope that this message will challenge you and encourage you on your journey of faith. If you would like to learn more about Journey Church, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at thejourneychurch.cc. Now enjoy the message. Man, we are wrapping up a series. Now, I know what you're thinking. I thought we wrapped up the series last week, Pastor Chris. We actually started a series called Emotions about four weeks ago. And uh, and here's what happened. Funny thing, right? Here's what happened. <clears throat> last week was supposed to be the end of the service and, or end of the series. And, uh, and I had preached this, like, great message on Lazarus and Jesus and Lazarus coming forth. And it was great about anger and about uh, sadness and the two emotions happening together and Jesus operating from a place of belief to push them through it. It was a really, really good message. Amen, church. Come on. It was good. And then what happened was I preached a second message at the very end of the first message where I threw a bunch of stuff out because I was, like, trying to close the service. I was like, man, I want to get it all in before we end the series. And then my wife, in all of her wisdom, says, well, why did you do that? And I said, because it's a four-week series. And she said, well, who said it had to be a four-week series? Yeah, that's very, very true. And she said, well, why don't you take what you try to cram in at the end of last week and use it and unpack it this week? And I said, you're a wise woman. You know, listen to me, guys. Let me let you in on something. There's a reason why Proverbs refers to wisdom as a she. Amen? We should take note. We should take note. Listen, um, I, I fully expect some dialogue back and forth. I know that what I'm going to unpack today is probably going to be heavy on some of us. It's going to require us to think a little bit, not from a bad place. You're going to leave better than you came in. Amen. That's the way church should be. Can I just tell you that? Listen to me. Church should always, you should always leave church in more freedom than you came in. Amen. Hear me when I say that. It might be difficult during the service, but when you step out the doors, you should be freer the moment you step out the door than the moment you stepped in. You should have more joy operating in your life the moment you step out the door than you had coming in the door. Because the Bible tells us, declares to us, the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's in Nehemiah. And the Lord is the strength of our what? Life. Come on. Church is not a place where you come and you pucker up and you frown and you look sad unless you didn't have coffee in the morning. In that case, we have coffee in the back. Amen. Church should be a place where you come, encounter God. If you're dealing with your stuff, you, you work with it, you deal with it, you pray with somebody, you, can, you, you share it. We talked about share with your friends. Remember, we talked about that in week two. Talk to your friends. Talk to, talk to your father, right? Talk to your feelings. You're not the boss of me. Listen, if you missed the series, you need to go back and watch the series. It's a good series, amen. You can listen to it on, uh, on, on the podcast as well. But we're going to wrap it up this week. Kind of, kind of helping us understand how to process out our emotions. So over the last couple of weeks, we've learned a couple of key points. So if this is your first time here and you've missed all four weeks, jot these things down. If you were here all four weeks and you slept, jot these things down. Amen? Because this is going to be good for you. Number one, we learned that emotions are not bad. Come on, somebody. Emotions are not bad. We've had this idea, especially in church culture, where we just kind of fake it till we make it. We put a smile on our face. We smile at everybody, tell everybody how great our life is. Meanwhile, on the inside, we're in turmoil. We're dealing with trauma. We're dealing with depression. We're dealing with anxiety. And somehow we thought that in order for me to feel my emotions and be close to God, they had to be two separate things. That's dualism, right? 
We saw that, that God's not about separating the physical from the spiritual. God is about uniting the two. And the proof in the pudding was Jesus. Divinity, spirit, united with humanity, flesh, and forever, like we said, forever, there is humanity interwoven into divinity, and there's divinity interwoven into humanity. He fuses them together. So we learn emotions are not bad. We also learn that emotions are indicators that there's something going on in our lives, inside our bodies. Many of us, we drive cars around, and, and our cars that we drive around have all sorts of pretty colored dash lights and warning lights that really shouldn't be on, but we are okay with it because a car still drives, amen? The goal is to see how many of those, those things can come on, and you can still drive. Would you say, Rob, you said that's an indicator that the car's alive, right? That's right. Well, your emotions are the same way. When you have emotions, you are experiencing emotions, they're indicators that there's something going on inside of you. If you're sad, you don't push it to the side and ignore it. You stop and you check out why that warning light is going off, right? So emotions are indicators that there's something going on. We're going to unpack a little bit more of that uh, here in a few. The other thing we learned was that there's a difference between having your emotions, and letting your emotions have you. Amen. There's a difference between the two. Pastor Waverly did a great job when he preached on anger, right? He preached on anger, and he said, you know, Jesus was angry. Jesus was angry, but he didn't let his anger have him. Amen. Jesus flipped a table, but he didn't flip off people. Amen. There's a difference between the two. You can flip tables, but not flip people, right? Yeah, me too, and I wasn't even here. Yeah, so there's a difference between two. The scripture says, be angry and do not sin. That's the difference. Anger, see, anger, when I allow anger to have me, I'm in danger of murder. That's what Jesus said. Did you know that? When anger has you, you're in danger of murder. Because you know every murder that has murder, every murder that's ever taken place has started from a place of anger? Inside manifests outside. Anger has you, it ends up in murder. When you have anger, it's a productive motivator to accomplish action. That's where you say amen. There we go. Okay, moving on, last thing. Do I need to help you help me this morning? A little bit? Okay. I'll step my preaching game up. All right. So the other thing, too, is that we learned that emotions motivate us to action. They absolutely motivate us to action. And today, we're wrapping up our series. I preached uh, two messages last week, like I said, and we're going to unpack the last half of that message today. But let me start by saying, before we get into unpacking, let me start by saying this, that the way that the kingdom thinks and the way that the world thinks are two different things. Crucially important. Very important for us to understand. The way the kingdom functions of God, the kingdom of God functions, and the way the kingdom of the world functions are two completely different things. We've talked about this some in the past, right? See, the world says this. The world's kingdom says an eye for an eye, right? You punch me, I punch you. You punch me again, I throw punch you. Y'all never thought about that before? I know it's bad. I know you shouldn't. That's when anger has you. That's the way the world works, an eye for an eye. But the kingdom of God works completely different. It stretches us beyond our normal capacity because the kingdom of God doesn't say an eye for an eye. It says love your enemies. Love your enemies. And loving your enemies doesn't mean passive aggressiveness. Come on, somebody. Anybody got a master's degree in passive aggressiveness? I do. I do. 
Loving your enemy means literally being Jesus to your enemy. And some of us, we have a hard time with that because we won't let Jesus be Jesus to us. Right? Come on. I told you you're going to leave him more freedom than you came, I promise. So everything in the kingdom of God operates differently. It's a, it's a paradox. First, he, Jesus said the first will be last, the last will be what, church? Right. And so Jesus, the, the word of God, the creator of the universe, the Bible says in John chapter 1 that he created everything through Jesus. Everything created through Jesus. Jesus puts on the flesh of man, comes and walks on the earth, and instead of having everybody bow down to him, he bows down to us. That's going to stretch you. But that's exactly what he did. He bowed down to his disciples. And he washed their feet. Remember Peter, he said, he said, Lord, you can't wash my feet. I should be washing your feet. And he said, the Son of Man, the Son of, the Son of God didn't come to uh, be served. Did you hear that? He didn't come to be served, but he came to serve. If our idea, I'm liable to preach a thousand messages a day. Y'all bear with me. Amen. But, but if our idea is that God is demanding us to worship him, then we have a false understanding of God. You say, well, what do you mean? Aren't we supposed to worship him? Yes, we worship him out of a get-to, not out of a have-to. He receives our worship from a place of love, not out of a place of force. Do you understand? Because love does not seek its own way. It's not prideful. It's not boastful. It does not seek its own way. And so God, the the reason we bow down and worship to God is not because if we don't, he's going to smite us. The almighty smiter is going to smite us. That's not why we bow down and we worship to God. We bow down in true worship. I'm not talking about just singing songs. I'm talking about where your heart's connected and you can barely hold it together during worship. You, you, You bow down, you worship from a place of love. Why am I worshiping God this way? Because I'm understanding how loved by him I am. And it's when I understand how loved by him I am that I can truly reciprocate his love. See, I can stand up here all day long, raise my hands, sing songs all day long, and it be nothing. But I can sit and sing half a, half a sentence of one song, and it be everything. It's different. He says, love your enemies and bless them. Love your enemies and bless them, not bless them in like, Bless them with a nice finger gesture on the way out the door. When the lady tells your friend, is he rude or is he deaf? And some of y'all are wondering, what are you talking about? Well, last week in my message, I confessed to our church that I had an encounter at the Royal Farms off of 17 near my work where I paid for something, and the lady, he, can I just share this week? Because, y'all, it's contextual. You need it. And you should have listened last week. But just for those who weren't here, I'm sharing for you. Um, I paid for something, right? And, and I said thank you, but I said it really quietly because I was focused on something else. But I said thank you. I know manners. Listen, I grew up in a house where if I didn't say yes, ma'am, or no, ma'am, I caught it. You know what I mean? Like a kick under the table. She was really generous with it. But kick under the table or like, excuse me, or the eye look. You ever get the eye look from your parents? Like, like what did you just, like she shakes your whole entire world with that look, right? I got that. So I know how to say yes, ma'am, or thank you, please. And I said that to her. She didn't hear me. 
I walked out, and my, my friend who I was working with, she unleashes on him. And she just goes off as your friend, and she's cussing. Is he bleeping rude or is he deaf and blah, blah, blah. And he's in shock, right? He's looking at her in shock, and he's looking at me, and he's looking at her, and I'm watching him look at her and then look at me. And he comes out, and he says, dude, he said, that lady just literally, now there's customers everywhere. And he said, that lady just literally said, are you bleeping deaf or are you bleeping rude? And I said, who? And she said, the guy, your worker. And he said, no, ma'am, neither. And she said, well, I talked to him, and he didn't say nothing back to me. And he told me this. Now, remember we talked about the difference between you having your emotions and your emotions having you? Remember that? We had a, a group time and journey. We have a journey group that happens every Wednesday right here at 630. <laughs> Listen to me. This is good, good for you to be a part of, I promise. Right? Because here I am last week sharing my heart and, and laying it bare before you guys in that. And, and then remember I did the poll. Right, because this is what happened. He says, he tells me that, and this is what I did. I took the, the drink and stuff I had just bought, and I'm sitting there, I'm looking at him, and I said, hold this. And I said, I'll be right back. That's how I said, I'll be right back. And I laid it on the, on the seat. And he looks at me, the chaplain of the company, he looks at me and says, are you going to go be petty? How many of y'all, that should have been my first indicator that in that moment, my emotions had me. And it, there was a light going off, right? The warning light was going off, but it's just your low tire pressure of light, so it's not a big deal. That's what he did. Are you going to go be petty? And I said, no, hold on. I'll be right back. And I walked back in there. And by that time, nobody was in there. Again, this is for people who weren't here last week. Nobody was in there. And I, and I walked up, and the lady was right there at the thing. And I said, hey, can you get your manager, the lady right behind you? And she said, so-and-so, uh, you need to come up here. She came up in there. And I looked at her, and she made eye contact. And she knew. Oh, she knew. She knew by my face, right? She knew by my face. And she says, yes. And I said, I will tell you that I'm neither rude nor deaf, okay? That's, that's how I said it. And she said, well, you didn't talk to me. I said, ma'am, you asked me if I'm going to pay cash or I'm going to pay credit. And I said, cash, ma'am. And I walked over to the thing, and you handed me the money back. And I said, thank you. And she said, well, you didn't say it loud. And I said, perhaps I didn't. But I said, thank you. And I said, but I did speak to you because I said, cash, credit, you know. And she's like, oh, you're right. And she walks away. Right. She didn't say that. She didn't say that. She didn't say sorry. She did say I was right, though. She did say it. She said, oh, you're right. And at that point, what should have happened that didn't happen was I should have sat there in the moment and said, you know, excuse me, the way I just said all that was completely wrong. It was completely wrong. And I said, you know what, maybe I should have, maybe I should have spoke louder in that moment. I'm sorry. That's what should have happened. But you know what I did? I walked out with my chest held high, my head held high. And I walked back and I sat down in the truck. And he said, so how did that go? And I said, oh, I told her. I told her. And then I shared it last week. Remember, I shared just like that last week. And you guys laughed at me. And then I took a poll and I said, how many of you think that my emotions had me or I had my emotions? Because I thought I did pretty good. And it was only until the congregation <laughs> said, your emotions had you by unanimous vote that I kind of had a check in my heart like, I know there's two of us that were there with me. I know two of y'all were with me. Everybody else wasn't. So then I'm getting somewhere, I promise. So then um, we come to Journey Group because that's every Wednesday at 630 right here, Food Fellowship and Fun. So we come to Journey Group, and, 
and I'm, we're talking, apparently, the only topic that was me that night about my emotions. And it was really nice of them to want to hold me accountable. And so what they said to me was, well, maybe the right thing to do would be to go back into the um, store when you go back and set that right. And, um, yeah, that's what, that's what I was supposed to do. And so Friday came, and I went at 10 o'clock that morning to pick up my Diet Dr. Pepper, and she wasn't there. I know. It was sad. Then I went back after work, and she wasn't there. So now i got to go back Monday. By this time, we're two weeks out. She probably doesn't even remember me. So we just call it just, it's good? Yeah, I know. Accountability. <laughs> so I'll go back. But the point of that, so where was that tangent coming from? It all comes from the, love your enemies and bless them. Right? That fit there somewhere. Anyways, the, this is not how the world's cultures teach us. The, the, the way of the kingdom is completely different. Anything that claims to be Christianity encounters, listen to me, encounters the way of love is not Christianity. Do you hear what I'm saying? Okay? We, we have a born-again experience, but believing the message of Jesus Christ is a message that says this. Listen to me. It's a completely different way of thinking. It's a message that says your sins are forgiven, not because of what you pray, what you confess, what you do, but because of who God is and what Jesus has done. Do you understand that? Salvation was taken care of by Jesus Christ and his work on the cross, and your salvation is your participation is your acceptance. Do you, do you hear me on that? It was done without your permission, but you give permission to participate. Y'all tracking with me? That's the beautiful message of the kingdom of God. You see, the world's kings conquer and rule by force. That's how we expand. The world's kings conquer and we, they, they rule by force, but our king, he conquered by being forced to a cross. You see, he rules by love. It's a completely different way of thinking. So why do I say all this? Because to understand the way, that Je- to understand the way of Jesus is so counterculture. It's so counterculture. But to understand the way of Jesus will help us understand how to work with our emotions in a counterculture way. We need people in our lives that say, don't go be petty. Amen? You need those people. You need those people who tell you, you know, what are you going to do when you catch them, when someone cuts you off and you think you're going to chase them down in your two-door Ford Escort when you're 20 years old? You need someone sitting in your pastor's seat says, what are you going to do when you catch them, pastor? It happened. Philippians 2, chapter 2, verses 5 through 7. Have you gotten anything so far? A little bit. Come on. In Philippians 2, chapter, chapter 2, verse 5 through 7, it says, You must have the same attitude that Christ had. And though he was God, listen to this, this is the attitude that Christ had. This is the mindset that Christ had. Though he was God, he did not think of, him, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to when he, when he walked on this earth. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and took on the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, when he appeared... Uh, It says, when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Do you know what humbling himself to the obedience of God was? 
It wasn't humbling himself to the cross that God wanted to crucify him on. It was humbling himself to obedience to loving people, even if it meant loving them to his death. That's what that was. He says, remember in the garden, we talked about this in week two when he talked about anxiety, and he had this anxiety moment. He literally asked God for a plan B. He said, hey, Lord, if there's any other way that we can go about doing this whole salvation of the world thing other than me dying on the cross, I'm down for that. I am. If there's any other way for me doing it, because I know, here's the deal. If there's any other way, <laughs> if there's any other way for me to love the world that doesn't require me loving them to my death, that's kind of where he was at, I'm down. He said, but you know what? Not my will, your will be done. See, that's God's desire for you is to show you his love and for you to experience it. So, humbled himself in obedience to God, died on a criminal's death on the cross. Then you go over uh, to Paul. Paul highlighted that living like Jesus looked like loving like Jesus. That's the hard. That's the hard thing. The hardest thing about living like Jesus is loving like Jesus, right? And Paul highlights this. Paul highlights this. He understood that living like Jesus required more than just saying, I follow Jesus. It required actually living like Jesus, right? It, to show compassion and step across religious lines to bring people in to love on, like Jesus, right? To process our anxieties and lean into the Father, we have to be honest like Jesus, right? To flip tables without flipping people in our righteous anger, we have to be passionate like Jesus. To move forward in our calling and bring about healing in the midst of people blaming you for what's wrong, you have to believe like Jesus. How do you do that? How does that happen? It's found in Romans chapter 12, verses 2. We'll start with verse 2. In Romans 12, 2, it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you. Y'all say transform. Let's me know that you are with me this morning. Transform. All right. Into a what? A new person. Right? Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you what, church? Changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing imperfect. It says transform. I want you to look at the word transform right here. It's the Greek word metamorpho. Greek word metamorpho. Y'all know the word metamorpho? What we get from the word metamorpho? Come on, that was really easy, wasn't it? It's almost like the Sunday school answer. Jesus, right? Metamorpho is where we get the word metamorphosis. Metamorpho, it means to change into another form, to transform, to transfigure, to become something completely different. He said, God said, let, let God transform you from that, that worm into that beautiful butterfly, a completely different thing. Let him transform you by changing the way you think changing the way you think, renewing the way you think. That word changing right there, it's a renewal, a renovation, a complete change for the better. God said, or Paul said, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Every one of us at some level are in the position we are today because of the thinking we had yesterday. Do you understand me? This is not new age, motivational speaking. This is absolutely biblical truth. Y'all tracking with me, right? 
No, no, it's so true. No millionaire spent his whole life thinking he was going to be broke. Come on. Come on. Nobody who is a remote, and I have to look up on this because at least I get, listen, nobody loses weight by thinking about ho-hos every single day. You got to change your thinking. Amen? There. Okay. There has to be enough time in between you saying it and making eye contact with you because as soon as I do, someone's going to be like, you're talking about me. No. I'm not talking about anybody in the room. None of us. Just making a statement. It's true. You have to change the way you think because well, this is the important part. Your thinking, your thinking affects your emotions. Did you hear me, church? Your thinking affects your emotions. And, and remember, if we don't want our emotions to have us, but we want us to have our emotions, we have to begin to change the way we think, not only about ourselves, but about God, and not only about God, but about others. Do you hear me? Robert S. McGee wrote a fantastic book, a book called Search for Significance. I revisit this book every so many years to do work <laughs> in my heart. And he writes in his book, Search for Significance, he, he writes a process in which we're able to identify actions and emotions. And this is what the process looks like. It says situations, right, situations, situations create or cultivate beliefs, beliefs cultivate our thinking, and our thinking are emotions, and our emotions are actions, do you see that? Situations create beliefs, thinkings, emotions, and actions. I asked, um, I asked our, our, our group, the journey group that meets here on Wednesday night, 630, Food Fellowship and Fun. I asked that group this past week, y'all, are y'all getting it? What do we have here Wednesday night? This Wednesday night, 630, what do we have? Group. See you all there. Right? I asked our group this past week, I said, what do you think causes, what do you think causes you to respond a particular way, an emotional way? Like, what, what do you think causes your, your emotional response? And they said, your experiences, your experiences. We have all sorts of experiences, situations. And it's, it's what we think of in that situation. It's, it's how pliable our hearts are in that situation that begins to change or, or shape how we, what we believe, right? Um, so the emotions, our emotions are a, a, the indicator in this process like we talked about last week. There's never a significant action. Listen, there's never a significant action apart from our emotions. There's never. We never have a significant action in our life that, does not, that is not first preceded by our emotions. Right? And... And those emotions are directly attached to our thinking. But all this stuff happens so quickly, we don't even catch it. You see, your belief is that low-lying hum that you have in your life. It's the thing that you have constantly in your life, right? And, and you will have a belief that's sitting there. You will have a thought. You will have an emotion. And then you have an action. But you don't even, it happens so quickly. Right? It happens so quickly. You ever ask somebody, why are you mad? They're like, I don't know why I'm mad. Go zero to six. You know, anybody go zero to 60? Right. Do you know before all that, zero to 60, you have a belief that's there. You have probably a thousand thoughts that hit them at once, and then all of a sudden, they're at zero to six. They're, they're up here. Kids do do that. Kids do that. You're right. They do. Kids do do that. Because they're looking at every situation. This is, this is like, thank you for saying that. They're looking at every situation in life 
through a, 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 a selfish uh, concept. You see, for kids, everything in life happens because of them or to them or for them. And all of us at one point, guess what we were? We were kids. And it was in that time that we began to develop some of our core beliefs. Right? It's true. And so they follow us into adulthood, and we don't even recognize what it is. We don't even recognize it. The process fires off in milliseconds, and we see emotions and actions, and we cut. Listen, we get cut off driving down the road. We swerve. We yell. That's the emotion. We chase. That's the action. Happens. You don't chase. That's probably good. I don't either anymore. Here I am bearing my heart and being a little vulnerable, you guys. Happens a thousand times a day, and we don't even realize the action. How true is it? One way you can identify your process is to identify your emotions, and this is hard. I, I've learned this. Can I get some, I'll get some help real quick if I could? Can I get some help real quick from you? Can you help me? Can you pass these out? I know I'm walking off camera. That's not what you're supposed to do. Thank you very much. Here, you can take that and pack it that way. All right, so just pass them out. Maybe hand them, maybe hand them down. Yeah, there you go, something like that. This right here is uh, this thing that you're going to see in your hand is called the emotion wheel. This is a very important tool, the emotion wheel. Have you, has anybody ever seen this before? You've seen this before? You teach it, the emotion wheel. And isn't it interesting that you look at this thing, it's the emotions and feelings wheel, and you would never even know that there are that many different expressions of emotions and feelings. At the core of this, though, at the core of this, you have fear, anger, sadness, surprise, joy, and love. That's at the core. Do you see that? And what's interesting is, is when you're able to identify what emotion you're experiencing in the moment, you can then begin to identify, well, what are the, what are the things that I am thinking on in that moment that causes this emotion? Are you tracking with me? Everybody's looking, tracking? So what am I thinking? So let me give you an example of how, how to kind of break this down a little bit. I wrote it in here somewhere. Where is that? Some of us might have a hard time, too, like, this is not in the Bible. It's okay. There's a lot of stuff not in the Bible that are still good. Amen? That help us draw and connect points. I bet you Paul wished he had an emotion wheel. I'm serious. He would have went to the Church of Corinthians and been like, y'all, right here, everybody out here on the outside, y'all crazy. That's what he would have done. True story. All right. So what's the emotion I'm feeling? What is the emotion I'm feeling? Where's this thing that I have written down? Is it back down here? Hold on. I'm looking for it. My bad. All right, here we go. So you have these emotions, right? Well, when you're, when you're looking at trying to renew your mind, a, a simple way of renewing your mind is followed in four steps, right? So four steps to renewing your mind is very simple. It's up there on the screen. You can write this down. This is very good. Identify. Y'all say identify. Acknowledge. Reject. Replace. It's a very simplistic tool, right? It's not everything. There are probably other ways you can do this as well. We're just trying to give you something simple. Identify, acknowledge, replace, or reject and replace. Now, here's the deal. So this is true. Let me just use my experience from the Royal Farms lady, okay? Let me use my experience from that. So when my friend came out and he looked at me and said, yo, that lady just unleashed about you in there, 
you know what the emotion, the initial emotion that I felt in that moment was? I was dis. Wait a minute. First, I was dismayed. I was puzzled. I was like, what? What? Immediately. That's what I did inside. Clearly, I didn't do that outside. But that's how I felt inside. What? And do you know what being dismayed is attached to? Bring that emotion wheel back up. Do you know what being dismayed is attached to? It's really small. You can't see it. Dismayed, it's, it's attached. You got it in front of you. It's attached to what? What? It's done. Go down one more. Dismayed? Disappointed. And sadness. Dis, yep, it's on the other side too, right? Dismayed? Right? But, but ultimately, I was sad. And do you know why I was sad? Because, listen, this is true. I, I, I was sad then. What in the world? Because, listen, y'all don't know this. I'm going to let you know. I spent my whole life trying to make sure I always did the right thing. And part of always doing the right thing is saying the right thing. Like, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and thank you, because I knew that was the right thing to do. And I knew growing up that if I didn't say those things, people would look at me differently. They would think differently of me. So I make sure I do it. And so the initial, the initial statement, you didn't say X, Y, and Z, brought sadness because I've spent my life. I have a belief that if I don't say those things, somehow it affects who I am. I'm not a good person. So I was sad. Do y'all see, like, I didn't process that all out. I had to go back and think through it. Why? But that junk happens in a millisecond. Y'all tracking? Then you know the second emotion that I felt? Because I felt two. Y'all know you can feel more than one emotion at a time. Jesus did, angry and sad. The second emotion, I got frustrated. Y'all remember what I said about being frustrated? Frustrated is the what motion? It's what? It's anger. I was dismayed, shocked, and frustrated. I was angry because I know what I did, and I know that I did it right. The day before that, I was having a great, great day. I was having, oh, she, a- she asked, was I having a bad day before? No, I was having a, a great day. But you know what? When you start having a bad day, that can amplify everything real quick, can't it? But I was having a good day. I was having a good day. So I, I got in, in that moment, boom, boom, boom. And then, you know what, though? I might have been, belie- you know what? Going back and process, I might have been processing something I didn't realize. Like, yeah, I was occupied. You're right. I was occupied. So I might have been thinking on something that had already begun to stir that up. Thank you. Pay you the counseling fees. So... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you got it. She's like processing hers like now. Like, dang. All right. So the question is, what lie am I? Am I? That's the question you can ask, right? So the next, the thing you ask is you identify, confess, reject, replace. So, so, so the next thing is the question you ask, what am I feeling? The next question is, what lie are you believing? What lie am I believing? Do you know what lie I was believing? The pastor in that moment at the church, I mean at Royal Farms. Do you know what lie I was believing? I was believing it was you're broken. Ooh, you're broken. No, I'm not broken. I said thank you. No, 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 no. That's the lie I was believing. I was, I was broken. I'm not rude. I'm not deaf. And so the process of moving forward, and I have to do this even now, and every one of us, there's not a moment where we get it and everything changes and it's good. It's, it's a process. It's a journey. It is a journey. Amen? 
And so the next thing you do is you confess it. You just confess it out loud. Identify it and confess it. Some of us, we don't want to say what we're really feeling. We don't want to call a spade a spade. Some of us need to call a spade a spade. I need to call a spade a spade. <laughs> right. I don't know why I said that five times. But confess it. I feel like in this moment I'm broken. And then you reject it. Is it a true statement? I am not broken. And why am I not broken? Because God does not make broken things. He makes good things. Reject it and then say, then find the answer, then find God's answer back. Replace the false belief with God's answer. And this is where it helps. See, if, if all we do is come to church and we hear a message and we never take notes, or if all we do is that's it. That's our only church time. It's our only God time. If we're not digging into the scriptures and we're not reading the scriptures, we're missing out on a lot. We're missing out on a lot, right? Because one of the things that, that really helps transform and renew your mind, and God's able to work in this, is when we replace that false belief with God's answer. You see, I'm not broken. I am complete in Christ, and I'm his masterpiece. Do you know that that's what scripture says about you? Do you know that? If you came in here this morning thinking you're broken, you're not broken. If you came in here this morning thinking that, listen, you're not, listen, you are complete in Christ and you are his masterpiece. Colossians 2.10 says, so you are also, uh, so also, let me try that again. My mouth's broken. All right. So it says, so you also are what church? Complete through your what? Union with Christ who is the head over every ruler and authority. Go over to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Come on, this is good. For we are God's masterpiece. Did you know that you are a masterpiece? Do you know that? You are a masterpiece. Did you know that? Masterpiece. Let me ask you a question. When a masterpiece painting is finished, is there anything to add to it? Come on, is there anything to add to it? Do you go, a signature, that's true. Thank you. Is there anything else to add to it other than the signature? Is there anything? When it's, oh, God, a frame. Y'all, listen, you're missing the point. So I asked, and let me just say, is there any more painting on a masterpiece painting that needs to happen once it's done? Y'all are making this hard. Logical thinkers. A frame, a museum, a glass plate. You know? Yeah. <laughs> The answer to that question is no. When the sculpture is done and it's finalized, is there anything to add to it? No. No. So listen, listen, listen. Somebody mute him. So, <laughs> for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus. And so we can do good things that he planned for us long ago. And this is not without praying or even spending time with the Lord. I can't stress this enough. You can quote stuff over and over and over again. You can recite it. But there's a difference in quoting and reciting and allowing the Lord, the Spirit of God, to bake it into your hearts. Bake it into your hearts. Go back to Romans 12, 2, and we'll close with this scripture. Back to Romans 12, 2, and it says, Don't copy the behavior of the world, customs of the world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. 
change your thinking, you will change your beliefs. You know that? When you have new beliefs, it fuels your thinking, fuels your emotions. See, now I can respond from a place where I have my emotions and my emotions don't have me. Do we get it right all the time? Nope. Will we get it right all the time? Nope. But it's a journey. It's a journey. Do me a favor. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a second? We're going to wrap up some service with worship, but I'd love to pray for you guys real quick. So, Father, I thank you for every person who is here, God. I thank you for every person who's tuned in online this morning, God. I thank you for working in us and through us and working through your scriptures. Father, as we hear your presence, Father, you are good. You are so good. And I pray for every person right now, Lord, that that you would help us and show us the areas in our lives that we need to change our thinking and that we need to change our beliefs in. Show us where we are your masterpiece. Show us the areas where we are complete. Father, we thank you. We love you. And we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Go ahead and stand up, guys. We'll close the service out with some worship.